Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast, episode 105, powered by 91N. I am your host, Davey Roush. This is co-host Gitano Gallo, and we have hockey to talk about. Beautiful, wonderful, regular season hockey to talk about. It Preseason so is over, and it's so good to be back, isn't it, Gitano? <laughs> like, just the best feeling. And, like, I know you weren't a fan of preseason hockey and I'm a little bit more of a fan of it, but like, it's just so nice to have like actual meaningful hockey on right now. Oh, it's yeah. Well, and it's easier for you to be a fan of it because the regular, like you're probably not going to like Montreal Canadians probably are not going to make the playoffs. They might, but they probably are not. And so regular season or preseason is where you get to see kind of what's exciting about your organization right now, which is, which is younger prospects, right? Like that's that's the beauty of the preseason for a team that's not at Very the top good. of the league, right? Like even like yeah. middle of the pack teams get to see that. They get to see the future. Whereas with the Leafs, it, it doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why that's why I'm not a huge fan of the preseason. But anyway, let's not talk about it anymore because it's over. Let's talk about the regular season. Uh, let's get right into it. Leafs, Habs, opening night in Toronto season opener for both teams and we watched this one together and boy was it a roller coaster of emotions both ways like i don't understand how the nhl like sees a game like that and says we only want that twice more this year yeah like how like why are we not playing six or seven times that is a fair fair point um and I think that actually what it is is that they they want everybody to have a game against everybody in the league. Like they want every team to play every team. And in an 82-game structure, it's hard to do that and also have an abundance of rivalry games or, or interdivisional games. That's what that's what it because it used to, we used to play more oh yeah uh, divisional games, right? But they they wanted us to play at least a game against every Western Conference team, uh, you know. And I think it's actually two. Is it not every team plays one game in each team's home arena? Or does it, is it like that yet? I am pretty sure the schedule is set up like, like the Premier League one is basically you play every team home and away once. Uh, so I'm pretty sure the NHL schedule is the same. And then it adds those extra games in. In divisional. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Divisional and conference, I believe is what it is. Yeah. Um, anyway. They, they don't want to be traveling to California six times a year. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, it's it was a hell of a game. Uh, Montreal goes up two nothing. We thought they went up three nothing. Um, as you can imagine, Gatano was a little overzealous after that. Um, <laughs> but come back in full effect. They come back. I believe they made it three two, and then we went yeah. down five three. Then Matthews scored two to tie it and complete the hat trick. By the way, foreshadowing. <laughs> But man, that was that was one of the crazy. There was so much going on in the first ten minutes. There was a Revo versus Wi-Fi fight that didn't. Yep. We could talk about that a little bit, but it, it, they're going to go again. Let's put it that way. Oh, they're gonna... oh my god! Um, and so I saw this on uh, Chicklets, and I didn't realize it. And it was one of those things that like, didn't click in my head. But like, Lucic is back back in the Atlantic too. Oh yeah. Like there are like legitimate heavyweight contenders in the Atlantic, and I am so 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 looking forward to seeing like all of the fights. 
But yeah, I want to see well, Reeves and Lucic. I want to see uh, Young Jack Eye and Lucic. We've already seen uh, Jack Eye and Reeves once. I'm sure we will see it again. Oh, Reeves already said when he was asked about that fight, he said, "Yeah, we we play them two more times." Yeah. So they're going again. They're absolutely yeah. going again. And Reeves has two fights in two games. He fought Marcus Felino last night. Absolute after absolutely <laughs> destroying. Uh, I think it was Freddie Goudreau. He absolutely, like, clean hit, shoulder right to chest, rattled the guy's entire cage. Like, what a hit. And on, then him on, first, on first view, I didn't like the hit. And then, like, I watched, like, the slow-mo. I was like, oh, that's totally fine. He completely destroyed him, like, <laughs> shoulder to chest, center of the ice. And Goudreau's head was absolutely <laughs> in another, like, time oh, zone. Gone. Oh, <laughs> like it was awesome. You know, we have not been treated to hits like that in Leafs Nation for a long time. And it's what, probably it, since Darcy Tucker. <laughs> well, the last guy who was supposed to be a, a player like that, like, honestly, was Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> so, like, that's it's been a while, man. Like, it's it's been a while. Yeah. Um. But wow, was that nice to see and to see it to see two fights in two games and like both both hit both fights were were results of of a hit that he made. You didn't like the hit against Montreal. It's I'm of the belief that that the the player turned at the last second. I forget who it was, but it's there's not much that Reeves can do in that scenario. No, but my my thinking is if that's if the if it's flipped around and that's Arbor Jack guy throwing that hit on Matthews or Marner. You don't like it either, right? Like, and no, not but that, I also I, and not that, not recognize that, was, that that they turned at the last second and that it's it's not on the guy making that. Like, that's their fault. Yeah, and I, like like I said when we were watching the game, like it's not like I was asking for Reeves to be tossed for the hit, but it was two for hitting from behind or boarding because he was on the numbers. Like it's 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 a minor penalty. Well, it's he nothing. was shoulder to shoulder until the guy turned. Actually, like I said, should have been a minor. I'm not gonna like throw the toys out of the pram here over a minor penalty that didn't get called like i'm we just don't need to have that argument again i think it should have been a minor it wasn't a minor whatever you know jack guy obviously didn't like it stepped up and dealt with it and uh now we wait for i think it's what march 9th for the rematch yeah like that's just absurd (laughs) yeah and like like this is what i mean when i say like how are we only playing you guys twice more like uh, I love opening night against you guys, and I love ending the season against you guys. I think that's a great tradition. They should keep doing that. Yes. But, like, to have only one game between there and it's in fucking March is just embarrassing for the league. It truly is. Um, yeah, like, Reeves wants to fight Jackai tomorrow. Jackai yeah. wants to fight Reeves tomorrow. Not in March, right? Like, that's, I think we can understand where where the issue is there with with one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports yeah and like not, not even just the league like this and is in like 82 an season it happens three times yeah that, that's that's absurd and they have to fix it and they will and like, and i understand point, i understand asking for seven games against you guys is a bit much I, I understand that but like how are we at least not playing like twice at home twice away against you guys that's that's completely fair that's and that's that's not unreasonable to ask for for like i said one of the greatest rivalries in sports anyway so let's talk let's get back to the actual game Game, yeah so matthew scores the two to tie it 
to complete the hat trick in, in the open in opening night, which was incredible enough, right? And it goes to a shootout, and the only one to score is Mitch Marner, who who made a pretty nice move and scored. Yeah. Uh, Leafs win in a shootout. What was the final? Six five. Six, I believe five, it was yeah. six five. So, heck of a game. But let's talk about Saturday night to last night. Now, hockey night in Canada. The reason that this podcast is recorded on Sunday mornings is so that we can catch things like what happened last night. And what happened last night is Austin Matthews scored another hat trick to have six goals in six periods on the season. My guy is on pace for 246 (laughs) goals on the year through two games. I don't know what else to say. He's he's all right. I don't know what else. I I think I said it all last week when we were doing our awards predictions. I I think there was a little bit of foreshadowing of what I thought of Austin Matthews' season. And I thought he was going to be back with a vengeance. I thought he was going to come back with MVP prowess. And that's exactly what he's showing us through two games. And they are not... Like get like the, he is scoring some beauties, man. Some absolute beauties. And it's yeah, just I, I will say the 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 tying goal against Montreal was absolutely nasty. Oh yeah, the the reach around there. Did you see the did you see the one he scored last night? The the third one for the hat trick. Uh, I did not know. I was busy watching Connor Bedard make his uh, Hawk Net Canada debut against Montreal. Fair enough. So that goal, he he basically takes the puck it, like in motion and all in one motion behind the net. He receives the pass and cuts hard, like, from behind the net to the center of the ice. And, like, right in front of the net. And and just absolutely... I've got got the clip up right now. Drives, like, just... He's he's so back. He's so back. He's so back. And it's one of the most refreshing things to see, especially just, like, after he just committed to an extra five years after this year to being a Toronto Maple Leaf. That deal is starting to look fantastic through two games here. And he's the highest paid player in the NHL. So what does that tell you? My guy is back with a vengeance. He's go- He's coming for the MVP this year. He's scored 40 goals last year, and he might win comeback player of the year. <laughs> like, that's... Think about how absurd that is. I, I'm just... It's... Everybody else... Like, John Tavares also has five assists through two games. Uh, he leads the league in that category to this point in the season. It's only two games in, obviously. But uh, John Klingberg, three assists already through two games, uh, leads defenseman in that category. So very much liking what I'm seeing uh, from the offense. But no, defense, so and, defense and goaltending... Going to just ask that because obviously giving up five on opening nights not ideal uh, for, for either of us. Uh, and then you gave up another four last night to Minnesota. Was that uh, a, a straight goaltending issue or team defense issue? Or Well, the, the defense does not look very strong defensively, but that's not something that, like, if they look like that 10 games from now, then I'll, I'll be a little bit worried if they're still looking like that. I think they, I, Especially with with the new pieces in there, like like Klingberg and and Lilligren having an elevated role, Giordano's another year year older. I think it's important that we give them at least at least that window, like like a ten twelve game window, to kind of come into form before we start judging them as a unit. Uh, what does worry me though is Ilya Samsonov has looked like shit 
to be quite honest, he, he hasn't looked really good at all. And I was not expecting that. I thought he was going to be fantastic. But if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm starting Joseph Wool in the next game. Uh, and that's, I, I think Samsonov needs to take, take a step back for a second and, and evaluate where he's at. Uh, he didn't look good in the preseason either, to be honest with you. Neither did Joseph Wool, which is kind of concerning. But I, I think giving giving Wool an opportunity here is probably what I would do if I was in Sheldon Keefe's shoes. Just because Samsonov hasn't gotten it done, like I, you're going to need goaltending. Pardon? Who do you play next? Chicago on uh, on Monday. So that uh, that'll be fun watching Kadard, but Kadard, Bedard play the Leafs. Uh, But that's also probably a pretty good opportunity for a guy like Joseph Wool to come in and, and kind of steal the show. Cause that's, that's all they have. Chicago is Connor Bedard. Like it's him and, and like 14 just random guys. Pretty much. Yeah. Or like, what is it? 16 other guys. I don't even know what's, what makes up her roster 19. Cause there's the goal 10, no 20. So 19 other guys. Yeah. Yeah. 19 and guys. Taylor Hall's out. So like, it's literally, yeah. It's quite literally him and a bunch of randoms. Yeah. So, you know, that's actually a, a nice segue because uh, the Habs played them last night. Uh, Sam yeah. Montebo got his first start of the season, looked pretty good, wasn't overly busy, which was uh, nice to see. Montreal's defense, again, not up against a great offense, <laughs> uh, looked all right. Bedard managed, I think, only four or five shots on net. Was kept pretty quiet. Uh, he, is, he is struggling in the faceoff circle, the wave. He is, uh, that's going to be a huge, huge issue for him. Uh, I know he got blanked by Crosby, I think, on opening night. Or he yeah. only maybe won one or two. Uh, and then I don't know his final numbers, but with about seven, eight minutes left in the third, he was still over last night. Um, but other than that, like, he's, uh, he's got a little of something to him. I feel like that's stating the obvious, but, like, he's not, outside of the faceoff doubt, he's not really looked out of place yet which is uh, slightly worrying. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he was ever going to look out of place. He's TSN already has him in the top 50 players in the league, dude. He has a, but they had him there before he ever played a game. And that's, uh, that's, that's quite a compliment for a kid who's never, never stepped foot into the NHL. And through three games, he's got two points. And he's one of the league leaders in shots on net. If you watch the kid play, he, he just creates, man. He is so good at creating shot attempts at creating opportunities for his teammates like on the power play he's he looks not oh, he's only, so scary he's so scary. not only not out of place he he looks like he's been doing this for for 10 15 years right like just the way he carries himself the way he carries the puck the way he he sees the ice is incredible for a kid his age and he's only going to get better so this is you're right you should be worried because he's was, he's going to be one of the best in the world it was wild watching their power play because it's him, Seth Jones, Corey Perry, I think Nick Felino, and I forget who the fifth guy was. And that's like, those are some serious veterans. And he was he was running the show. That's it what I mean. They run the whole thing through wild. him. Yeah, like it was it was so sick to watch. Obviously, uh, just the one uh, secondary assist last night, thankfully. But like, yeah, he was uh, he's gonna be a pain in the ass. I'm really glad he's not in our division. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I'm glad he's in completely different conference, actually. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's Austin Matthews is obviously the story of the week here. 
yeah. for me. Uh, the the six goals through two games, it and the way that he's scoring and the way that he looks out there is is should be just as scary as Petard looks right now because he he looks like he might never go a game without scoring a goal again right now is what Austin Matthews is, is kind of looking like. And like so, I pulled up his his third one for the Minnesota game, and like to me, and now I I didn't watch like every single game of them last year. But I don't think he scores that goal last year. I don't think he makes that power drive to the net last year. Or if he did, he's putting it right into a pad because he did do that a lot last year. But he always yeah. he 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 never seemed to be able to find the back of the net when he did something like that, which is where he was, why he was able to put sixty up the year before and and fifty the year before, like because he was yeah. making those moves. But I think that like that's a hand injury. That's exactly what was holding him back last year is not being able to create that much leverage when he cuts to the net like that. And that's why he only had 40 down year for the guy. <laughs> like, only, only lowest, <laughs> right. So yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's encouraging to watch John Tavares. I have to say he looks slow to start against Montreal, but he, he's skating. Well, he last night against Minnesota, that's uh, I've said it on the show a hundred times is that he he's just never been a good skater. He'll never be a good skater, but I think he's, he's really turned a corner and, and that's, I, I read, I forget exactly. I can't credit exactly who it was, but I read that he has hired a new skating coach and he said that it, he's made significant strides in terms of, of foot speed. And I, I, I see the difference through the first couple of games and it's showing with with his point total. He's got five points through two games. I think that's fantastic for the captain. A lot of people doubting him going into this year, thinking that he's gonna he's gonna decline, even though he was almost a point to game player last year. Um, but good for the captain. That's that's what I have to say there. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to talk Toronto, or do you want to move to the rest of the league for right now? Um, no, I got I got uh, just to, I want to touch on some of the new guys yeah, if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, Max Domi's been okay, not not the best, but okay. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's been fantastic. I love Tyler Bertuzzi on this team, on that line with Matthews and Marner's face. He's got uh, one goal. I don't know how many assists he's racked up. I haven't checked, but he's he looks good out there. He looks really, really good out there. He scored a goal last night on the power play, I believe. Uh, second unit power play. But he he just adds that level of... Of, chaos <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's it's chaos like who did we ever figure out like the the hab that he just dropped <laughs> in the middle of that it, it, it must have been matheson because we only have a couple of guys with single digit like numbers and like he would have been like the only one that was that could have been him was it was he number eight yeah he is number eight that so it was him for sure yeah. yeah it had to because it was a number anyway like Bertuzzi's just a like a freak and and i love him he, he fits so well on that line. He's got the perfect mix of skill and, and sandpaper for that line. And I, it's it's almost like a better version of Matthews Marner bunting. Like oh, just, he's, oh, he's a way better player than bunting. That's what I mean. And it, like, it's so nice. It, it's so refreshing and nice to see. It sucks that he's only here on a one-year deal because I don't know if he's going to... Like, I think he's going to put up some points this year, man. He's playing on that line. Like, he's going to have a point a game. So... That's uh that Klingberg's looked fantastic. He's slow, but God is he good offensively. Uh, puts a lot of pucks on net, which is not something that we've seen since like Brian McCabe and Thomas Caberlet back in the day. Um, 
so that's been really nice. We already talked a lot about Reeves. He's been that guy. He's done exactly what he's he's come to get like came here to do. And Sheldon Keefe even mentioned that he's surprised with how good he's been defensively as well, which I think is is interesting because I don't see it. But okay. Uh, <laughs> well, like, anyway, I, that's all I have for Toronto. We I was like, is Keefe really gonna throw him under the bus two games of the season after everything else he's done? Like, I don't think so. No. But no. <laughs> Also, I would put him under the bus anyways because he could beat the shit out of me. So, like, <laughs> that's he is an absolute <laughs> monster. Like, he is one of the biggest. Like, he looks like a linebacker out there. He doesn't like. Yeah, he's he's got to be the biggest, like, scariest looking guy in the league, just in terms of sheer like size and physique, right? And like, like, and outside of like Zidane Chara, I don't think there's ever been like a player like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just so large, like, <laughs> and he can throw a hit, man. Like, oh my god, that was one thing that I didn't really think I would see is this guy just blow people up at center ice, like, cutting across the middle of the fucking. Like, oh my god, that was such a like vicious but clean hit last night. Like, oh my oh, god, he fucking yard sailed it. It was awesome. <laughs> oh. Like I haven't seen it like that in a, in, a, in the, from the blue and white in a lot of years, dude. That was awesome. All right, let's move on to the rest of the league. I know you want to talk about uh, some contracts that were signed over the past week, so let's get to them. All right, uh, where do you want to start? Let's start uh, the two about. the two in Winnipeg. Okay, so Shifley and Hellebuck signing matching seven by eight point fives. Um, Shifley, I couldn't care less for. He's he's all right. The Hellebuck one for me is super interesting because he would have been probably the best goalie on the market or available, um, you know, for the longest. They haven't seen like a goalie of his caliber kind of hit the market in a very long time. Um, I'm surprised he chose to stick around around in Winnipeg, honestly, because I didn't think they were anywhere near what they were last year. And I don't think they're going to be very good this year. And if he wants to win a cup, obviously, I, I thought he would want to leave as a free agent. But, uh, no, he committed another seven years. Well, yeah, the interesting part about that for me is is how, like, every reporter, when that happened, was like, this is completely out of left field. Nobody saw yeah. that coming at all. Like, it was one of the most random, like, contract signings. Like, I'm pretty sure Hellebuck requested a trade at one point, did he not? Yeah, he was. he wanted out this summer. Yeah, and like the I, whole thing was he wasn't signing a deal this summer because he wanted out. He wasn't happy with uh, with the direction of the team. So yeah, it just it was kind of just completely out of left field, and that's that was the crazy part for me. I think in terms of locking down one of the best goalies in the world for seven more years is very important. Um, the Shifley contract is not going to look good after a few years. No. I, I don't understand giving him seven years. I understand giving Hellebuck that because there's, and we've talked about this before, there's like five or six guys in the league that you know what you're getting from. And other than that, goaltending is complete voodoo, right? And those guys oh, yeah. are. Sorry. I didn't realize, I didn't realize Mike, she- uh, Mark Sheffley's already 30. Like, that's what I mean. I, like, I, that's, oh. So, like, like let's, let's just talk about the goaltenders and, and what we're talking. Yeah. So Hellebuck's one of them. Vasilevsky's one of them. Sorokin's one of them. Shesterkin's one of them. I would Saros, throw Jake Ottinger in there. And Ottinger. And Ottinger and Saros. Those are, yeah. so that's, what is that? Hellebuck? I think six or seven goalies. 
Vasi, Shesty, Sorokin, Ottinger, uh, Saros. Yeah. So you got six guys. Six guys. That's that's what there really is for goaltending, where you actually know what you're going to get. If you have an opportunity to lock one of those guys down, you do it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this it's a phenomenal signing for Winnipeg to get him. I just I did not see it coming, given uh, you know what happened this summer with them kind of uh, soft launching a rebuild, getting PLD out of there. Like, you know, it just you know uh, Blake Wheeler was out. Like, it very much felt like they were you know resetting. And obviously, he's made it clear that he wants to win a cup. Uh, I just I just did not expect him to stick around at all. I thought he had New Jersey in the summer written all over him. Yeah, weird. Really, really weird one for sure. But yeah. hey, that's uh that's that's gonna be the core there in Winnipeg for another seven years. I don't know, uh I don't know, man. Shifley for seven more years at eight point two five or eight point five is just Yeah. They they better hope that that contract is front loaded. <laughs> because if, if it's if it's evenly spread, that's gonna be that's gonna get ugly. Yeah, well, the AAV is going to be evenly spread, and that's uh, front-loaded. The only thing that benefits is a team that's like, like the Leafs, right? Like that yeah. that, that can already that can pay front-loaded contracts. I don't know if Winnipeg's in that position. Anyway, um, let's get to some of the other contracts. So there were a few other ones. Do you want to go out to Colorado, or do you want to stay? Well, I mean, it's it's both young defensemen, so. I, I don't really care which one we start with. Let's stay in the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about power first. So Owen Power signs a deal. The terms are? Uh, it is. So he's making seven point. Or sorry, wrong one. Uh, I pulled up the wrong one. He's making 8.35 for the next uh, eight years after this season. Yeah. And this one was announced while we were uh, sitting together. Yeah. watching the leafs abs game so we we already got a chance to talk about this but uh let's touch on it i i just the trend in this league seems to be locking down your young players to very very long-term deals before they really have a chance to turn into the best player that they're going to be like before they peak right yeah. and the 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 issue with that is you don't know what their peak is until you see it and if you're signing these kids to long-term contracts before you have a chance to see it it could go both ways, right? Like it's yeah. look at the Nathan McKinnon deal. That's what that's one of the best examples of that is they lock him down for eight years and he turns into one of the best players in the world and he's not paid like it. That's that's one of the best examples of it working out. But there are examples of it not working out as well. Like this is kind of the same conversation that we've had about that I've had with you about Suzuki before, right? Is yeah. he can be, he can grow into his contract. I just don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if you pay a guy for what they're going to be or you pay a guy for what they are. That's, and, that's and been my, my and my defense for that, and I'm going to use it here as well. Is like when Suzuki signed that deal, he had uh, two full seasons under his belt, so mm-hmm. it was a hundred, uh, hundred sixty-four games, and had kind of and plus a playoff run to the Cup final where he was really, really good as well, and kind of like he had earned that in that sense. Caulfield again had the phenomenal playoff run, a shit kind of start uh, to that season under Ducharme, but really has been one of the best players under Marty St. Louis. And unfortunately, he just had that shoulder injury last year that took him out um, before he signed his extension. Owen Powers played 89 games. And like, he's 
he has not shown me anything in that 89 games that says, yes, lock him down for eight years at eight point, whatever. Like I, I would, I would understand it more if, you know, if we got to like the back end of the season, he had a really good year and then you want to lock him down. Absolutely. Like that would be fine. But to, to watch 89 games of him and say, oh yeah, like we're going to lock him down for eight years at whatever, like, I, I think it's it's a little much. Yeah, I would agree. And But do you know where I think a lot of these guys are coming from? A lot of these general managers are coming from signing these contracts? Is they don't, the cap's going to go up. Exactly. The cap is about to increase significantly, and they understand that. So they're just trying to beat the clock, I think, rather than even getting, like you said, another season's worth of 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 sample size for a guy like Owen Power, right? Like, I didn't see anything that significant out of out of Owen Power last year that made me think, oh my God, this guy's a guy that you want to lock, ter- lock down to an eight-year deal worth eight-plus million dollars, right? Like, that's yeah. that's not what I saw out of Owen Power last year. But that's and what like, he got. And, and like, I, I just want to, like, say that that's totally fine because he, it, that was his rookie, he played, like, a handful of games. 100%. Like, it's 100%. totally fine. I just want to make yes. sure we're both like clear on that, that we're not just shitting on him saying what a terrible contract. No. He just... can grow into be he, he could win a Norris one day. Like I'm not saying that he doesn't have the capability to, to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. What I'm saying was is is he, he wasn't that last year. He wasn't an eight million dollar player last year. So the fact that you're giving him eight million dollars for eight years before seeing what he actually is going to become. Because remember, defensemen take longer than anybody oh, to yeah. develop in the NHL, right? Like a uh, couple maybe of years. Not goalies, but yeah, so goalies, but I'm talking skaters. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a lot easier for, sure. for a guy like Connor Bedard to come into the league and play center at 18 than it would be for, for than it was for Owen Power to come into the league and as a number one overall pick and play right defense. Defense is just harder to adapt yeah. to when you get to the NHL, and it's because forwards are so skilled, right? Yeah, and I'm just, and like, I'm gonna use my like the Habs last year. Like, we had five rookie defensemen, and it fucking showed. Because it wasn't something you you could start your lineup, you could spread five rookies throughout your forward core easily, and be yes. okay. But you have five rookie defensemen, and it is blatantly obvious that they are you know there's a learning curve, and they're just not there yet. Exactly, and like I said, he might he might be worth like he might show us this year that he's worth twelve million. Yeah. Right. Like he he could do that easily, but he didn't show it last year, and I just. I'm I'm not a fan of paying guys before they they show you what they actually are. I do understand what they're doing though over there, um, locking up pretty much their entire core. So they got Deline oh, locked down, Samuelson locked down, Power locked down, Cousins locked down, uh, Tage is locked down. Tage uh, exactly. They have everybody, okay. their whole core, and they have all of that before they get the cap relief from the salary cap going up. They're going to be able to build around that now. So they're betting on that core to be as good as they believe they're going to be right yeah and i think we we both talked about it last uh like last week that we believe that core is going to be phenomenal in a couple of years as well so like we do i think like, i get it but at the same time like like i said if they had signed this deal like let's just say he signs this deal in march and we have like you know six months worth of seeing him i would probably feel less um shitty about it yeah but just like literally like on opening night of the season to like sign for this deal. I just, I don't get it. Odd, odd for sure. So let's, let's move on to the one on a, li- a lot of big, like a massively different scenario <laughs> yeah. over in Colorado. You have Devon Taves signing a 
Um, it is oh, where you go. He is making uh, 7.25 for the next, I think it's seven years. Yeah, 7 by 7.25 is yeah. what I remember the contract as as well. This is a guy who is proven to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. A lot of that is who he plays with, obviously. He plays with a modern-day Bobby Orr and Kale McCarr. And those two together is arguably the best defensive pairing in the world, right? Devontae's and Kale McCarr, can we agree on that? Um. I'm just trying to think of other ones off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's it. I think they're pretty clear. Pretty, they clear everybody. And honestly, um, like f- for them, it's a shame that there hasn't been any like best on best international hockey because they would legitimately be the Keith and Seabrook for Team Canada. Yes, hundred percent. Like 100%. they are super unfortunate to have missed out on that. But yeah, seven by seven point two five. I don't know how the fuck they got him to take that type of money. That's highway robbery. That's highway robbery. Could have asked for 10 and you would have been like, that's probably a little on the low side. (laughs) Well, 10, yeah. Seven years, 7 million, especially like we just talked about with, with, with Owen Powers contract that the salary cap is going to go up. Yeah. That's like going to age into one of the best deals. (laughs) Like it's just so good. He's, in terms of just disrupting offense, he's one of the best in the league. In terms of creating offensively five on five, he's one of the best in the league from his position. It's just, it's incredible that they were able to lock him down, Devontae's, for for under $8 million and got him for seven years. That is outrageous like, to me. So he's he's 29 right now. So like the fact that you're going to basically have his entire prime on this contract is just fucking disgusting. Yeah, in the last couple <laughs> of years, like, so what's the salary cap going to be like six years from now or like five, six years from now? Yeah. It's projected it could, to go it, up like four or five million this summer. I was going to say, it could literally be like easily like 15 mil higher than it is right now in four exactly. or five years. And you still have this guy on eight mil, even if he regresses into a, into a third pairing guy, that's going to be a third pairing contract at that point in time. Yeah. Like that's, Incredible. It's amazing. It's so it's such a good deal for Colorado, and I hate it. Like, I hate that they get <laughs> Like, McKinnon, this guy, Taves, like, it's crazy the deals they get over there. Yeah, phenomenal contract, and that, yeah, that, they are just going to continue to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Anyway, are we missing anything from around the league? That, those are the only contracts, I believe, that were signed, at least significant contracts that were signed. Yeah, um... You know, I think that's it in terms of contracts. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there any other stories around the league? We already talked to Bedard, so I want to mention him. Um, I think that might just about be it. All uh, right. Kirby, Kirby, Doc, Kirby Doc did leave the game last night hurt, but the Habs haven't posted anything crazy about it, so I don't think it's anything too major, hopefully. Knock on wood. Yeah, I think other than that, that's it. Uh, what do the Leafs have coming up this week? Oh, that's a good question. I do know that we have Chicago tomorrow night. Uh, here, let me look it up on my phone quickly here. Right, we have so Chicago tomorrow night. Oh, Bedard yeah. is in town. I do know we go on a five-game road trip after that, but I forget where it starts and where it ends. So Blackhawks tomorrow at 7 p.m. Uh, then we go on a little bit of a road trip. We got the Panthers and Lightning Thursday and Saturday. 
So that uh, fills out the week. You'll get a. We'll, we'll be doing this again on Sunday. So the only games before the next podcast are the Hawks tomorrow, Panthers on Thursday, uh, Lightning on Saturday. Those should be three fun ones. Those will be three fun games. The two Florida teams. That's going to be a fucking good one. Yeah. Um. So the Habs have Minnesota visiting on Tuesday, and then the Capitals in town on Saturday. And that's all we've got before the next episode is out. So something I just want to point out about Minnesota, because we just played them. So yeah, uh, get ready. They're quick. They are very, very quick. They're not very structured defensively, but holy shit, do they, they move the puck quick and, and they got a lot of really feisty players. That's, that's See, what they have. And that should be fine. Cause that's what I want the Habs to be. And that's what they're kind of building towards is that really fast, quick North South team. So I'm hoping yeah. that's, uh, that should be a hell of an entertaining game. I guess like one last thought on Montreal. Cause like, the one thing I've seen so far in two games is like, we're going to be, if, as long as we stay healthy, we're going to be fun this year. We might not be good, but we're going to be fucking fun. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. There you go. That's the right outlook <laughs> to have when you're a bottom feeder. Anyway, <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Bitter Rivals podcast. It has been fun to talk about all of the wonderful happenings of the first week of the regular season. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you to 91N for powering this episode. And we will talk to you next Sunday for episode 106.